Welcome to this bonus episode of the Rooted and Reaching podcast, one that we call Three Questions. I'm Dean Proctor, the pastoral team lead at First Baptist Church, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. And in today's bonus podcast episode, we're going to be hearing from another ministry leader at FBC who will share with us their heart for God's kingdom and specifically how they're striving to serve others in the name of Jesus through the ministry of FBC Charlottetown. Now, here's the first of today's three questions. Why is First Baptist Church Charlottetown invested so heavily in an online presence? We're joined today by Mike Shute, who is part, uh, an integral part of our uh, technical team um, for our weekly Sunday services and, and even some of our ministries in between. Uh, Mike, thanks for doing this. No problem. Now, so let me just restate that question. Why has FBC invested so heavily in an online presence? It's an interesting question because uh, it is something that came about, I guess, very suddenly, mm -hmm. uh, as it did for many churches uh, at the beginning of the, uh, the the outbreak of the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, I mean, historically, the church meets in a building, uh, obviously the church being the people, the building being the place of worship. And all of a sudden, you're, you're advised by public health that you can't meet together anymore. And one of the key things with, with a church body is the sense of community. And when that sense of community is taken from you, you need to very quickly come up with a way to be able to engage people who can't meet together physically. So this, I mean, it, it's a great question because it did definitely arise out of the pandemic for First Baptist Church. We received the word. It was going into uh, March break, I think, was uh, was when uh, we mm -hmm. received word that everything was shutting down. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to do this coming <laughs> Sunday? Everybody's expecting to be able to come here to worship. And we can't. How many days that. away from Sunday would that have been to your, to your recollection? My recollection is it, it was announced on a, it was a Thursday or a Friday uh, before the March break. So this would have been obviously Thursday or Friday. So three days, maybe before the Sunday service, where we found out that we couldn't meet in person. I, and the scrambling was there because there were, there were youth group programs that were scheduled during, uh, during the uh, March break. There were kids ministries. There was a huge nerf night that was planned everything had to cancel everything, yeah. including yeah. Sunday morning. So we all of a sudden said, how do we do this? And, and nobody had ever done this before. So there we were, Myself and there's other members of the tech team, which are very integral parts of of making this happen. Yep. And 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 we sat down together with um with Sharon McKenzie, uh, the director of worship, pastor of worship, uh, the, the senior pastor at the time, Dave Dubois, uh, Pam uh, Shoot, the uh, the pastor of children's ministry, 
And then uh, Andrew Bennett at the time was the uh, the director of or the uh, he did the youth and outreach. And so uh, myself and one other member sat down and it's like, OK, how do we do this? And so we said, well, do you know what? For this Sunday, we don't have a whole lot of time. Why don't we just record the message and we'll just post it on Facebook? Yep. And so there we were with uh, a uh, a tripod with a mount on it. And the mount didn't fit the iPad. So we had tape around the iPad and and we had it pointing, sitting on a table, pointing at uh, uh, Pastor Dubois, who did an intro to it. And we said, okay, cut. That's good. All right, perfect. All right, Patrick, you come in and you do the message now when we recorded that. We patched the two together and we had to figure out how to upload this for a future broadcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so that was the very beginning of the process. Now, the following week, we thought we had a little bit more time. I mean, we had four more days <laughs> you know, to produce this. And so uh, we, we started to think, well, what can we do? So so we had recordings with, uh, you know, just reaching out to the people saying, you know, make sure we stay in contact with each other, call people. Uh, and this whole thing of, of, of rooted, we're, we're rooted in our faith. We're rooted in our relationships, but we still need to reach out. And and so we started to introduce monologues, I guess more of a uh, information uh, broadcast into part of the, of the worship service, your ministry moments now, basically beforehand. So it would be, you know, keep an eye on your emails, keep an eye on the Facebook page, keep an eye on Instagram, keep an eye everywhere, because we're going to be, as we get adapted to this new norm of not being able to go anywhere and not being able to see anyone, um, we are going to work along and try and get what historically you have experienced in church to you in your home. So you went from like zero to a thousand miles an hour um, in terms of technical usage, uh, because I mean, you're, you know, your average Bible study or your, you know, a deacon's meeting or emotionally healthy spirituality, you know, didn't really require that much technical know-how uh, to, to be able to present. And then all of a sudden it did. It did. Yeah. I mean, before it was plug in a couple of microphones and make sure the heat was turned up. Uh, and, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, you can do that, but nobody's going to hear you because they can't be inside the building. So yeah, you had to ramp up real quick and, 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 you know, how do you make the, the audio visual out there for everybody to see? So as we, as we moved along, uh, you know, we started to splice, uh, you know, worship songs into it from recorded services over the past year so there'd be worship songs and then we would overlay uh words to the songs so people could you know experience worship and they would have the words there in case they didn't know words to the songs and, and like that and they would sing and so it, it it developed further and then we sat down probably about two or three months into the process i want to say it was probably in may june area and we sat down and we brought in uh, some other people who had some technical expertise and some more computer expertise. And we said, how do we do this better? Because this is going to be something that we are going to have to do, presumably for an extended period of time. 
but then it might well be something that we continue after we're allowed to come back in person. Mm-hmm. So we started to say, okay, what what is out there? I mean, we've never done this before. So we did the research and we found out that you can get these, you can get cameras um, that, that have SD cards in them, but you can also live stream. And in order to live stream, you need this little thing called an ATEM and you need a computer to be able to handle it. So it was like, all right. And at the time there were programs that were offered through the government to be able to ramp up technology in order to be able to reach because everybody, not just churches, everybody was dealing with this pandemic. Right. Right. So we went out and we bought uh, three cameras and we realized that we weren't the only ones looking for an ATEM. So we were on back order Oh boy, <laughs> as, as was everybody else. Yeah. And, and yeah. while we were waiting for this to come in and they were saying it was going to be anywhere from six to 10 weeks delivery. And we're thinking, okay, we're going to be patching this together for another six to 10 weeks. That's we can do that. We mean, we've come leaps and bounds already. And, and so we did, and then we got the cameras and, and we started to, uh, we, at this time, we were allowed to have, I think it was up to 10 or 15 people, I don't recall what the number was, in an area as long as you were socially distanced. So we were able to bring in the worship team, and we were able to record using the cameras and the new computer and the ATEM, and be able to record onto a hard drive worship songs, and we could get better sound quality. Hmm. So it wasn't sounding like you were snipping it out of a uh, a, a, a mono uh, recording into a stereo output. All of a sudden, you were able to do the in and out on the on the audio properly, and and the video would work, and you you could actually see the worship team, which was th- this was huge. Yeah, at this and that's, point, that's part of that relational piece, right? I want to see you and recognize exactly. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so now all of a sudden, we're able to reach our community. And they're able to see, all right, this isn't just words on a screen. This isn't just audio coming through. These are these are the people that I know, the people that I love doing what I used to be able to see when I sat in church on a Sunday morning. So so we would at that time, we weren't allowed to have anybody in uh in the uh physical building other than the 10 or 15 people at a time. So we would, again, we would record this song. We would record that song. We would record uh, the pastor or whoever, the member of the teaching team who was doing the message. We would record the uh, the host moment and, and the intro to the service and the exit service. And then we would have someone else who would patch uh, Marlene Harding. Uh, bless her soul. She's great at this. And she spent a lot of time patching these and is still very much an integral part of the tech team at First Baptist. Yeah. So we continue doing this. And then uh, word came out that October the 4th, we were able to once again come back in person. But we were only allowed to have um, groups of 50 people in a certain area. So we had to apply to public health to be able to say, yes, we want to worship uh, in person. And we said we can. And, and one of the things was, is it was it was capped at 50 people because you could uh, you had to have a designated washroom for these 50 people. Yep. Well, 
the church, the way it's laid out, we were able to have one group that was in the main sanctuary. We were able to have one group that was over in the overflow area. And we were able to have a group downstairs because by now we had figured out, hey, we can live stream. Mm-hmm. And this is great. Yeah. So we set up a YouTube channel and we set up a, um, uh, a Facebook uh, page for our tech team. And we tried live streaming without the general public seeing it. And it worked. And it's like, this is amazing. So October the 4th, 2020, we were able to, again, invite people back into the church, but a limited amount of people. And we thought, this is wonderful. This investment that we've made in technology, we are now able to have whoever else wants to join in, be a part of our worship service. Yeah. So now we're reaching out. We're reaching out not just to the church members anymore. We're reaching out to the world. Yes. That, um, that was going to be my my follow-up question to this, is that part of the the uh, outworking of, of this, I'm so pleased to say, has been not just uh, uh, the ability to pr- engage in worship, but we've actually formed an entire online congregation of people that very likely will never be in the building because they're in Ontario, they're in um, Bolivia, they're they're um, Brazil, Bahamas, Bahamas. exactly. I remember we did a a baptism one week and the person's family from the Bahamas was online as part of the online congregation watching it. It it was beautiful. So can you talk a little bit about what has been some of the challenges of fostering an online congregation or an online presence? Yeah, so it, it it's it's interesting. It is it's a totally even though you're worshiping at the same time, it's almost like it's a totally separate entity. Hmm. And you have to try and figure out how do you engage this online community because you can talk to them, but you can't hear them when they talk back. Yeah. And 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 they can't, you know, uh they can't go up to you after a service and say can you pray for me? And, and, and so it's like, how do we now incorporate this to, I guess, nurture the people and give them what they need. Um, and it is, it's, it's what you need. It's, it's, it's part of being church community. Yeah. And so it was, all right, let's, let's go live on Facebook and we can have, our staff members log into the Facebook and respond to people and talk to people in a chat box. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is great. This is wonderful. And then when we decided to go live worship in October, it was like, okay, we're not going to go live to Facebook anymore. We're going to go live to YouTube. So now, now how do we do it? Cause yeah. we had never live broadcasted to YouTube before. And we realized that we could, in essence, do the exact same thing. Uh, we could have a chat box open and we could have someone who was in the church or not in the church, as we later found out, um, that could be our online host yeah. and be able to actually chat back and forth with those individuals who are watching online who wanted to engage in a an interactive way with what was going on in the service, you know, saying, 
please pray for me. Or um, it's so good to see someone else logged in. And you would get somebody who was logged in saying, hey, it's so good to see you. And that would be someone else who was logged in. Right. Uh, and it was just amazing how we could, we, we, we began to foster this online community um, t- together and be part of the service in an interactive way, albeit with just one person. Mm-hmm. That person was within the building at the time. And then we realized, and we started talking, and we said, does the online host have to be in the building? Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember. Like, no, <laughs> no, they don't. We don't have these walls to our church anymore we are wherever and 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 so all of a sudden our church grew and it grew by online members yeah and it is so cool <laughs> uh from 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 the technology standpoint when i'm standing behind the cameras on a sunday morning the first thing i want to do is go and run over into the tech booth and see how many people are online and where they're where they're coming from because it's really cool that that our little church in Charlottetown is being watched live in in Bolivia, in in Brazil, in Bahamas, in Ontario, in you know, I, I was over in in Dubai on a business trip, and I was able to log in and uh, and worship with my church family, right? You know, yeah. uh, and and it's it's just it was really cool, and that interactive box is what allowed us to now engage that online community to become part of the worship service. And then we moved a little bit further and we said, we should really, instead of just running um, the, 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 we call them the PowerPoint loop or the, 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 um, the announcements, the, the announcements. Thank you. The announcement loops, instead of just running that for the online community before the service, why don't we run it for a minute or two? And then why don't we have a pre-service section just for the online community? Yeah. You know, here we are. Thank you for worshiping with us. Here's what's going on in our church this week. And guess what? It's going on with Zoom online, Bible studies, uh, you know, you name it. These things, we're going to be having a, 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 a congregational meeting. Yeah. Why not? People voting from Spain who happened to be in Spain during the church meeting. Exactly. Exactly. So it's allowed us now to be able to engage those outside of the physical wall. It was challenging. It and and you know, technology is technology. It's wonderful when it works. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, it it just slightly increases the anxiety levels. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> slightly. Especially when it happens during a service. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let, let me. Um, I this wasn't. I'm going to get get to the 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 final of the three questions here. But let me just slide this one in. Um, how do you respond to the criticism that online engagement with church isn't really church? <laughs> That's an easy one. Uh, it, it's it. You you have to get out of the mindset that the church is the building and and if you can break down your traditional understanding of what church is being the building and you realize church is the people it doesn't it doesn't matter 
where they are. It doesn't matter if, you know, if you're in a, a parking lot and you're broadcasting out and people on the sidewalk area and people in the park across the road area and people in the car area, right? It's, it's the same concept. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether you are in the church building or in Charlottetown listening to it or in, you know, Moncton listening to it or in Ontario. It doesn't, it makes no difference. The church is the people. And if the people are worshiping together, that's what makes the church. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. Technical question. Uh, and I know this is something that we, well, it's not really a technical question. It's a question about the technical side of things. Um, well, I love uh, creativity in our worship services. I love, you know, uh, the conversation that says, uh, how would you like to do this this morning? Or why don't we try this this morning? I love that creativity. Um, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, everything you just described that came out of COVID, we were forced to be creative. And uh, and I'm glad that that creative spirit has has stayed with us. So my final question to you is, is there something technically creative that you haven't been able to integrate yet, but you hope to? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things. Um, <laughs> as you as you uh, continue on in the process of realizing, it's like okay, now we've got this, and and we just don't want to stay stagnant with this anymore. How do we incorporate new things? Um, you know, yeah, the the impromptu. Well, let's just you know maybe we do the pre worship down in the foyer and the online community can see other members of the congregation walking into the building. So that's great. Okay. So, so we've been able to do that in the past. What would I love to be able to do? We are still uh, somewhat limited in our ability and our viewpoints from the cameras. And what I mean by that is, we're fairly fixed in wh- in what views we can provide to the online congregation. And, and what really drove this home for me was uh, a member of our congregation that moved to Ontario and uh, had children. And uh, those children's grandparents are also members of our congregation. And we were, it it was after a Sunday service or whatnot. And I receive a Facebook message from the individual. And it says, thank you for doing what you do because my kids were so excited to be able to see Grampy and Grammy in church. Uh, Yeah. And all of a sudden I realize it's like, yeah, do you know what? There is more to this than just showing the front of the sanctuary. People need to see people. Mm. We have other members of our congregation who were very active in the church and in the building and are not unable, not able to attend anymore. It's like... Because of need, health concerns, right? Because of health concerns, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and and all they see is, is, is the backside of the head. Mm-hmm. And so like, I would love to have more cameras around the sanctuary and out on the front porch and everything like that so that we can we can allow the 
online congregation not to feel that they're just there watching the front of the church. Mm -hmm. They're there with everybody else that is there. And, and so our limitations right now are, you know, the, the number of cameras that we have, uh, the ability to be mobile with our cameras, um, the ability to, and this is always a fun one is, you know, free form video. And, and one of the things that I'm very cognizant of is, is to try not to move the camera too much because you can, yeah, some people might get seasick by it or, or whatever. Right. Yep, yep. And so when I'm free, free wheeling a camera, I hold my breath because when I breathe, it moves the camera. Yeah. Up and so, down. Yeah. Up and down. Right. And <laughs> and so you really want to make sure that you hold it still. And, and the only way to do that in essence would be put it on a tripod. So there's these wonderful little technical things called gimbals. And if you get one of these, you can move around all you want, but it's going to keep the camera perfectly stable. And to be able to move around the congregation and not like zoom in and focus on somebody for 15 seconds, but to be able to pan across the congregation and, 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 and show and allow those who are, are watching online to feel that they are part of the congregation, the physical people that are inside the building. Uh, that would be, that would be absolutely amazing to be able to add that to it hmm. along with the ability to, you know, use microphones a little bit further. And obviously you deal with RF transmitters going through cinder block walls and, and steel and everything like that, but to be able to boost our audio, to be able to, you know, go out, we tried once this summer to be able to do a, uh, a, a, uh, the, the, the benediction from the front lawn of the church. Yep. And, and it was a great idea, but the audio would kick in and out and, and the video was a little choppy. And so, you know, how can we now move to that next level to be able to, yeah, I guess, create more of a worship experience, not for the people in the church, but for the people of the church. And that includes everybody that's watching from wherever they are in the world. Yeah, that's a great note to end on. Mike Shute, uh, key member of our technical team at First Baptist Charlottetown. Again, thank you for your creativity. Uh, thank you for your problem-solving um, willingness and to chase down the gremlins in the system and help us to to uh, come Sunday morning at 10 o'clock uh, really offer God our very, very best since, of course, that's what he deserves. Um, Mike, thanks for this, and uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to the Rooted and Reaching podcast, a weekly ministry of First Baptist Church in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada. Our theme music is inspired by Ben Sound. For more information or to support the ministries of FBC Charlottetown, please visit our website, myfbc.ca today. If you found the content of today's podcast encouraging, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and drop us a comment. In addition, consider sharing today's Rooted and Reaching podcast with at least one other person this week who might be blessed through it or become better biblically rooted through it. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>